1: Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. Today's episode is all about pacing. We're actually going to have a few episodes about pacing. Today's episode is going to be really small and specific. We might even get a little bit more micro, but today we're talking about a class period. How to pace out your teaching in a single class period on a single day. Please make sure to head to the show notes or reach out to us, you know, tag us on Instagram, DM, and let us know what else you want to talk about having to do with pacing. I want to say this at the very beginning because we're thinking about how to pace a lesson. That doesn't seem to be too much of a question that we get, but we do get questions about pacing a class period, pacing a unit, pacing a whole curriculum map. So today we're going to go kind of small, micro, and look at the class period Um, and how we get from Bell to bell and feel accomplished and get the things done that we want to get done. And here's why this is important, you guys. Pacing a single class period
0: might sound kind of trivial on the surface, but this is what you're going to write down when you're getting observed. This is what you're going to provide to an administrator. And For this sure. is also the practice Like when you get into good habits in pacing your class periods, this is where you see the overlap into positive classroom management things happening. Um, you, You run into a lot fewer issues when your pacing is on point. So two really important reasons to jump into this today. And I am, I'm so excited. Let's do it. Cue that music.
1: Okay, everybody. So before we actually start getting into how each of us paces and like figures out the timing of a single class period, I want to let you know that we are going to have all the things that we talk about here in a template for you because Amanda and I have pretty different actually methods for the way that we uh, pace our class periods, but you'll see that we get a lot of the same stuff done. Um, But we will have kind of like just little templates, flow charts for you so that you can download those and actually see it on paper after listening to us ramble and birdwalk our way through this podcast episode.
0: <laughs> <So> <laughs> well, other, another, well, another quick heads up. Um, I'm, I'm, Marie, we didn't talk about this before, but Marie and I are currently not on a block schedule of any sort. Um, but what I want to offer you to you guys and, and we, what we're going to talk about today is more about a template. Um, so you can adapt. We're not going to give you a minute by minute playbook. We're going to give you a template
1: of what to think about when you're pacing, whatever kind of class period you're dealing with. Absolutely. Um, so Amanda touched a little bit on the importance of really focusing in on pacing because like she said at the beginning of the episode, like it is something that feels trivial and it is something that's like, are you kidding me? I already know how to do that. Except we all get evaluated every so often. And that is always something that comes up either as a comment or something that you have to report how pacing goes it is also something that for the two of us especially that teach collaborative sped like and gen ed courses pacing has a huge piece in direct oh my gosh differentiating instruction your pacing is a really big piece of that puzzle so if we haven't sold it to you enough it's also the most common question that we get. So we thought we would address it right now. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's something that also gets us in trouble. Like I can't tell you
0: how many times I've had people, uh, my team be like, uh, we didn't get to this today. So it's going to go to tomorrow. And then that happens again in the same week. And then all of a sudden a six week unit has turned into a nine week unit. Bleh. And yeah, that's <laughs> not great. Bleh. That's not great because it's, you know, it doesn't in the moment you're like, Oh, I just want to finish this thing. I didn't finish this thing. So it's fine. But at week nine, you're like, I should have just let it go, right.
1: <laughs> but it's too late. <laughs> you're like, I never want to talk about this ever again. <laughs> it's as long up as I you. it's yes. st- You've done this a thousand times. Well, and, and I mean, n- newer and veteran teachers alike, like I get yes. cocky, I get real big for my britches. And I'm like, <sighs> I don't need to think this through. I I do it to this day, where I'm just like, oh, I'll just post it, note it, and I'll it'll be fine. I don't need to like figure out how long everything's going to take. And then all of a sudden, it's the end of class, and I'm like, oh crap! We <laughs> only got it. halfway through. <laughs> what was I doing? So this yeah. bears repeating for all of us. And I mean, yeah, once again, like I am no. I'm not innocent (laughs) to the pitfalls because while I know what to do, do I always do those things? No, because I'm a doofus. But we're all doofuses together, right? Right? We are. We are. We are. I'm not alone, right? Okay. (laughs) So I know that we have different methods for really like getting in the middle of pacing our class periods, but the beginning is the same. It's the same as we do everything. Start with the end in mind. Go, Amanda. Run with it. Okay,
0: so everyone listening, I should make you all take a pledge and hold up your right hand. Can we make buttons? Repeat after me. <laughs> I will not plan my lesson with the first thing we're doing in class. I will plan it with the last thing we're doing in class. We have got to start our pacing and our planning with the last thing that's gonna happen before the bell rings. If we don't,
1: it won't get done. Regularly, right? Or yeah, or you'll have that weird, <laughs> awkward thing where you've got ten minutes left, and you're like, "Boodly boo," which is not a bad—it's not a bad problem to have all the time. Like, every boo. every now and then, be like, "Everybody, take out your book and read," or "Who wants to ask me a question?" Not a bad problem to have effort into your weeks, but like when you're consistently wasting your instructional minutes and practice time and face time yeah. with your students because you're like, "I'm done." that's a pacing problem
0: also kids can smell it from a mile away and they know that you weren't planning on giving them seven and a half random minutes to start the homework assignment that they very easily could do at home uh and so they're gonna start to misbehave you're gonna get issues happening there like i am i am i can see 24 year old amanda trying to convince sophomores at my high school that this is time for homework, please sit down and work on your blah, 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 blah. And the kids being like, okay, yeah, right. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. It's almost lunch lady. And then I'm yelling now. Kids, I'm yelling, <laughs> Stop throwing empty Gatorade bottles. Stop. Get, you know, t- put your phones away. Yeah. Right. I, I created that opportunity for kids to misbehave because I wasn't bell to bell with
1: engaging purposeful content, right? Yeah. and don't get me wrong. I will definitely, I mean, if, if my goal at the end of the period is 10 minutes to begin their homework, because such and such is complicated or whatever, like then, then that is a defined moment of my class time, 10 minutes to start 15 minutes to start. Absolutely. So we're not saying do away with that. We're just saying without the boodily boo. (laughs) No boodily boo. And you can't try to fake it because you're panicking. (laughs)
0: Um, This will happen to you many times in your career. And then it will be so painful to correct all the behaviors that you'll start changing what you do. So we definitely would both recommend, you know, for me, my lessons typically are in like four segments. And so I have, not fancy, but like every lesson for me has an opening wow, I know. I know. Copyright, copyright, muttoning, teaching 2021. Um, an (laughs) opening, opening, some type of instruction. It might be review. It might be direct instruction. It might be a video. It might be, uh, reading together or something. Then there's some kind of practice and then there's a close. So I try to make sure those four things happen every single day religiously. So um the close might just be like an exit slip. It could be a 30 second activity. The close might be um 10 minutes to share out something that they were writing. It might be uh 6 minutes where they're going to turn and talk to a partner about something that they did. It might be um hey everyone, don't forget to post this on Google Classroom before you leave. Bye. You know, so but no matter what, like the close there is closure to the lesson and that's what I missed my first few years of teaching is that everything just kind of ran into the bell and was homework or just, and I was like, Oh, make sure
1: you do yeah. (laughs) Like wait guys, wait. Yes.
0: Yes. It was so fluid that I was like, Oh yeah. Look at me. I'm so flexible. And like flexibility is great, but it's also at the expense sometimes of what kind of things that structure provides for students. Certain types of flexibility. You want flexible, like controlled flexibility. Yeah, correct. So I, I found that having like some Type of planned closure, even if that's just a routine that your class does every day, even if it's not an academically connected, if that's a uh, something that the kids do at the end of every class period to you know sign
1: off or, or whatever right. that might be, but building in that specific dedicated it's moment, it's there absolutely, and that's um, that's key. So my my class period structure a bit differently. I think I, I visualize and I, I conceptualize them differently. Um, in nor- We're going to talk about normal life. We're going to talk about not virtual, just normal life. Normal life, I'm on a block schedule and it is 90-minute class periods. Virtual life, I'm on an 80-minute class period schedule where I have the opportunity to see students every single day. I like to break my class periods that are blocks like that up into because I'm a former theater teacher. I like to break it up into three 30-minute chunks. And those 30-minute chunks come, or, you know, 30-ish minute, um, come with a break of movement and something different twice a class period for a 90 minute class period. I might do, you know, like I might have three breaks or two breaks in an 80 minute class period. When I used to teach on a semester schedule, we had 50 minute class periods every day ish. And we had like a modified block. Um, and so in those 50 minute class periods, we would go like 20 to 25, some sort of a break. And sometimes that break is go get up and touch the farthest point in the room from you. And, you know, say a limerick and sit back down, like whatever it is, or maybe it's a little bit longer, or maybe it's ask me a question and everybody stand up, stand on one foot, whatever, (laughs) like something to break it up. And then we jump back into what we were doing, or that's where our transition is triggered. Um, the, so, so I look at mine in different sorts of chunks. I also remember guys, I have gigantic gigantic class sizes so you have to get the bodies shifting and moving a little bit because everybody doesn't have their own space in my classroom which when you think about like a post-covid world is like but um we we we're pretty packed into my classroom so we have to get up and move and have a change of status a little bit um so that's how I think about it like whatever the last thing is that I want to have happen is going to happen in my third act of like my 90-minute class period and then I would move back to whatever that, you know, second intermission is going to be and the first intermission all the way back to curtain up. And that's like how I get through it or how I see the big chunks. Um, I, I mean, it's wonderful when it's like opening activity and mini lesson, first break practice break questions and, you know, like discussion and then closing wonderful when that works out, but it doesn't always work out that way. So I make sure that those are like my placeholders. That's beautiful. I, love that.
0: I feel like that is very similar, but I think, I think trying to do four segments in that much time would actually be kind of chaotic. I think that's
1: a really beautiful, the three works really well for that timing. It, it does. And it kind of goes with the whole like psychology of threes, you know, like it, 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 it works, um, It works for the way that I template out my weeks as well because we will have like coffee shop mode days where we are literally just working and reading solo, but it makes me build in time that I say, okay, everybody pause, write down, one concern or idea and one question, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're starting with those, right? It Like, it, like you were saying, it safeguards against behavior because there's a sweet spot of time that students can really yes. be working on their own before they start to get punchy. I mean, that's how I am. I can't be on my own too long or I'm my own worst enemy. Like I'll sit there grading, a certain amount of time will go by <laughs> and then I'll start talking to kids. And then I wonder why they're misbehaving. And I'm like, well, because I started it. Because I couldn't very well leave uh, them alone. Um, But those like breaks, and it doesn't have to be anything epic. It can literally be two minutes, but it's just something. It's something. And
0: yeah, I think that, so in a 50 minute class period for me, when I think about my four chunks and how I pace them, you know, my chunk one and four, so my opening and closing are usually the two the two things that I try to keep the shortest and the most consistent. So we talked about this in, a, in an episode earlier. I think we talked about what in our routines or our classroom management episode.
1: While you're talking, I'll look it up so I can tell them what, what number. Yeah,
0: please do. Because I think, so for me, in terms of pacing, like those, those two pieces are predictably the same. So you can do whatever you want. But for me, my opening is a five to seven minute bell ringer um, or bell work time, whatever that might be. So my different classes have different types of bell ringers. Um, but for the most part, it's something that can be done silently, independently, and like self-sufficiently. Like I guess that's kind of redundant, but um, they don't need me. Um, so whatever those, those practices are, if it's vocabulary, if it's uh, journaling, um, I want that first for, for my own sanity and the way that I like class to start, I like class to start completely quiet because it's not going to stay that way. And that might be the only part of the day that is quiet. And it also provides like, this is kind of coming from when I was um, a newer teacher. I had a lot of classroom management issues and, and kids that were misbehaving. And I had the gaggle of kids that like to crowd me at my desk and ask yep. me about my personal life, you know, like all the, <laughs> you know, right. like the kids you were know, looking here. back. You're just like, Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and I really like to stand in the hallway and greet students as they come in. Totally. So, and I like to linger out there too because sometimes what I'll do, another classroom management thing that I like to do is you know, have one-on-one conversations with kids that are starting to get out of line and like be, you know, be in preventative maintenance mode. So I like to know that my first five to seven minutes in my classroom, I've trained my kids to be quietly working on what they're supposed to be working on so that I can have those conversations. I can grab a teacher across the hall and tell her something. I can take attendance, you know, one day a week or something. Uh, (laughs) You know, send an email or respond to an email from a yep. previous class period. Like, I I mean, I had a lot of, it's gotten, it's changed as I've gotten older, but like still like that practice is really been
1: important. Did you find that episode, Marie? We when did we talk yeah, about I think we talked about it in our streamlining classroom management. It is episode so 29 from season one. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So. so that's, that's important too. And then I think that, so yeah,
0: for me, to, I, I'd say just, you know, the practice of, of building your pacing for that middle section of instruction and practice, it takes practice and you should use a timer for all the things. All the time. Do the classroom timer if you're struggling with pacing. Um, and if you, pl- and, and for me, like my biggest struggle is I always did too much talking in the instruction part and not enough time for the practice part. You and me and both. So- yes. <laughs> You know, and a lot of that comes down to your planning, uh, understanding your curriculum better as you get better, and understanding the text that you're teaching as you teach them multiple times. Um, That all really does help you um, focusing and narrowing. Like, I always try to do too much, um, and you don't you know, that, that sounds good in the moment, but that kind of goes back to what we said earlier in the episode is it starts yeah. to overflow and back up and back up and back up. And before you know well, it, it's a thousand dollar flush down the sewer and you need a whole new pipeline and blah, blah, blah. Now you're just talking it's- about <laughs> your own last, <laughs> yeah, last
1: that was fall. <laughs> oh, that's the summer. That's right. Um, I would say like, if I had my big pieces of advice for takeaways here are to start with the end what they yep. they have to have the information they have to have what they have to have accomplished like whatever that must do must have thing is for the end of the class period figure that out or routine whatever it is right that set a time frame for that ten minutes yes. fifteen minutes whatever five minutes then for me it's figure out your chunks of yep. where you're going to be able to break things up. Um, and then fill, fill in the gaps. So like the way a a typical class period for me would go, if I am teaching a new lesson, right. Or just teaching a lesson in general, we are going to start with a bell ringer where students are working individually, but they also are in small groups. I have students in groups of four in my classroom. So like, I'm fine with them talking to each other, but they're in their stinking seat or they're at. Standing behind their stinking seat and that is something that we practice that is our beginning of class routine you come in past me at the door I say good morning good afternoon whatever it is we have a little chit chat as they come in, and they are working on that. And that all takes us about 10 minutes at the beginning of class from bell to completing and putting away our bell ringer work. Like they're working on it for like five minutes. We go over it for like five minutes. We move on. That bell ringer is normally the jumping off point for whatever it is that we're talking about that day. So then I would transition into delivering a mini lesson. And that mini lesson, I know some people are really strict, like workshop method, they are like 10 minutes for a mini lesson and that's it. And I'm like, listen. 20, <laughs> 15, 15 to 20. And then we'll call it a day. But it's I also 10. have, 10. I also have those block periods. So like that's it. And for me, I know that I can get my kind of rapport jokiness in, in 20 minutes where I couldn't do it in 10. Right. And, and that works for me. That works for my teaching style and for my practice. Great. Uh, then it's normally time for a break. And then it's time for student practice. And then it's normally time for a break. And then it's time for questions and discussion and feedback. And then it's time for their assignment, right? Like it's, that's how it works for me in those three chunks. Um, And like you said, the timing, it depends, right? Like you might spill over into the next chunk of class but if that like if you have those really specific must do things that they must know, they must understand, they must be able to take away from that day and those are your goals have them written for yourself where you can see them so that you stay on on task and that's how to pace out your period and and I think that
0: so that's the key is to have a structure and i think that was definitely the biggest thing missing from my early years is i would want to try all these new things today we're going to do a jigsaw and so we would like start class and i'd be like okay today we're doing a jigsaw yeah <laughs> and, and like, you'd be like uh. right so so what what this becomes like with, with what marie just kind of went through is it's not that we're not going to do a jigsaw, but I'm going to fit it into this template so that there's a predictable structure to my class feel every day. And if that means that jigsaw is planned for two days during that practice time, because it's going to take longer, right. then, I, then then all of a sudden we're going to get into pacing a full unit, but I'm being more realistic because I'm going to be able to get, um, you know, more organized in the way that, I see my class period going and that the kids can feel that similar energy. Like they're going to be more uh, with it and
1: on board and, and, and the other thing, the other thing this does socially and emotionally for our students is it relieves a lot of anxiety of like, what's going to happen next. If they know the flow of a class period in Mrs. Morris's classroom, then they know what to expect. And a lot of those, those undesirable behaviors that come out, a lot, a high percentage of them come from students not knowing what to do with their hands. If they yeah. know what to do with themselves, then they know what to expect. They know their part in like they, they know where their cog in the machine goes and they can help the machine go forward. Obviously, I mean, we're talking about real kids here. So like there are some that just want to put a wrench in the whole system because they're turkeys for whatever reason, but most of the kids and most of the community in your classroom can continue to operate on a really functional, positive and productive level if everybody knows how it goes. And so like Amanda was saying, maybe that jigsaw is in the practice part. I mean, however it is that you structure it. Once again, I think it just all comes back to routines. Of course,
0: it's going to keep talking about routines.
1: Yeah. But that's not that, but that's, that
0: just speaks to what good. Yeah, It's all about. Yeah. And, and and that these, as you get better at routines, you'll also get better at pacing. As you get better at pacing, you'll also get better at knowing your curriculum and knowing your students. And you'll also get better at assessment because you're going to know how far kids can get. You'll be able to do all of these things work together. And so I'd say my last piece of advice would be in that, in that template and in that mode. Uh, It all kind of comes back to, again, If you're getting evaluated and and people are coming in to watch you teach, um, these are just real and comfortable ways to be in your classroom you don't need to feel like you got to put on some kind of lesson plan show when someone comes to watch you teach whether it's a colleague or an administrator um this is just good natural teaching practice um so you don't need to feel like you're putting on a show or you're oh i mean we're going to be stressed out and nervous when someone comes
1: to watch us teach um but this i think offers you just a, a calm way to it's more of an invitation yeah. like hey come on in join us what we do. Oh, I this have to how we do it. Exactly. Yes. This is what yeah. we do in here. My students aren't going to get super weird because they're just doing what they always do with another person in the room. Yes, yep. absolutely. And that's,
0: and that's that. And so hopefully that helps you guys think through. You know, when you're doing your lesson, it's going to anxiety. So that because you also now have this predictable structure to settle into and feel comfortable. You know what you're planning for. You know what you need. Like I need a week's worth of bell ringers. Okay. Ready. Set batch that out. I need, um, I have a five day week coming up. I need five direct instruction lessons on how to write blah, blah, blah. And the kids are going to get 20 minutes to practice each day. Like it's going to make your lesson planning in the bigger picture, easier as you kind of start to work with templates and pacing uh that's familiar and and similar day to day rather than trying to do something crazy new all the time. And then when you do do something crazy new and throw it all out the window, your kids are gonna go nuts and be like so excited. They're gonna be
1: so engaged. Yes. Because they're like, they're like oh my oh my winds are breaking to be today. I don't even oh, should I put my granola bar away or should I keep it handy? I don't know. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, so exciting all right guys we're getting weird thank you so much <laughs> for hanging out with us today make sure you head over to our show notes brave so that you can take a look at what a typical class period looks like in both of our classrooms kind of like a checklist little template of what we typically do in our rooms what we've described for you today um and until we see you again thank you so much and we'll see you next time hey, everyone